This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 384. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman. And I am pleased to be here again with you with another fantastic episode and interview from SHOT Show 2020 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, We have just had a great week this week as we have, uh, of course, patrolled the show floors, spent time at the ranges, at the Industry Day at the Range, and the special, uh, it's kind of a really cool media event, uh, special range day that Sig Sauer puts on uh, prior to the show kicking off. And we just had a great time checking out a lot of great products. In fact, I was really excited to see uh, and get my hands on something I wasn't really planning on touching or seeing. I d- didn't know this was something that was in development. Didn't necessarily think it would be something I'd particularly like, but I really liked the Sig Sauer P210 Carry model, which I had the opportunity to shoot while at this Sig Sauer Premier Media Day. Anyway, today's episode is honorarily sponsored by Sig Sauer as it it was Sig that was so kind and gracious to invite us into their booth and record podcast interviews throughout the week and we just uh, had quite the quite the lineup of guests for the Concealed Carry podcast. Today's guest is Hannah Billado. Uh, She is well she'll kind of tell you in the episode but she's worked as a federal air marshal as a law enforcement officer taught at Sig Sauer Academy and now heads up their uh, training and special events division. That's kind of cool. And Hannah's just a great gal all around. So we always enjoy talking to Hannah. And she makes a lot of really cool and special things happen, uh, both on and behind the scenes at Sig Sauer. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this one. And we and we talk about all kinds of different things with Hannah. And she's diverse and well-versed in all things concealed carry and carrying a gun and shooting a gun and all that. So without further ado, I think we should kick this one off uh, real quick, though. Just a reminder that with SHOT Show coverage going on, head on over to concealedcarry.com for the latest news and reviews and introductions to all the cool new stuff out there in the market. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So with that, let's roll the tape together with Hannah Billado. And welcome back. It's Riley, and I'm here with Hannah Billado at Six Sour. We're in the Six Sour booth in the, your your fancy podcast area of the booth, which is pretty cool, by the yeah, way, I'd because love it. we can look over the whole show. Such a good people watching place for us, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, and I I am a people watcher. Weirdly enough, it is kind of weird, but I people fascinate me. So, yes. so that you're right about that. There's there's this weird dude down there. I don't know what he's doing, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, awkward <laughs> stuff going on left and right all over the place. We get to sit up here, too, and say, like, oh, it looks a little crowded down there. I'm not going down <laughs> yet. <laughs> well, welcome up here for the podcast. It got you away from whatever busyness that you're typically up to, which you're busy at the show because you're running around like a crazy person. Uh, I see you everywhere mm-hmm. when we see you here at the shows. So uh, good for you. Hannah, uh, you have a background in law enforcement. Yes, sir. As an instructor. Uh, you spent time at SIG Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is your, remind me of your official title these days. So it's really long, uh, director of training and special events, director of training and special events. And that's for SIG headquarters. You get to go to cool events. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get to go to almost all of them. (laughs) Um, 
So my team is responsible uh, for all product training that yep. um, throughout the company. So any of our dealers, our, our counter staff, right. um, it's important for them to know our product, to be able to sell it. So my team is stretched out throughout the United States, and they roll into all those shops and, yep. and train our sales, uh, train the sales folks behind the counters, and uh, and then part of that obviously is running promos and uh, live fire events and getting out in the public yep. and allowing people to utilize our product, show them how to use it, and so. We are a busy team. You guys should do an event in Denver. We do. We have anything in Denver? But I we mean, do. We do I, have a several events in Denver. We'll circle yeah, back on yeah, that schedule. We should. We should, uh, we should touch base on that for sure. So, fun fact: SigSour.com. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we broadcast our. Uh, we broadcast. We um, market our events there. So they will. If you log in to SigSour.com from your home, uh, on a pop-up, will uh, give you. In a hundred mile radius of you, if there are any live fire events um, oh. that my team are running, so we do them often. Many, many, Very many cool. events across the United States throughout mm -hmm. the months, um, all year round, mm -hmm. and so uh, that's, that's a good a, place to kind of that's see. That's a great tip for yeah. our listeners because also Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, um, they're they're uh, yeah. pushed out through. I as need well. to do a better job of watching that. Apparently, uh, so I mean, most of our listeners, I mean, our listeners are spread all across the country. You know, and probably most of their interactions are going to a gun shop, a gun range, and seeing a SIG on display, seeing a rental gun, whatever it is. Uh, that'd be great, I think, for our listeners to, to check out and go, hey, there's this event nearby. I should go mm -hmm. to it because, well, knowing Hannah, you put on a pretty good event. Yeah. And you actually <laughs> have a live six-hour person there that can walk you through how to operate yeah. that either product or firearm. Um, and so that's huge. I mean. Yeah. You and I both come from a training background. We know how, how important it is to learn right the first time mm -hmm. um, to, un to really understand what you're getting into. Yeah. So. I did meet one of your guys in Denver at uh, Blue Core Shooting Center. Okay. And I, I, don't even, I think he was probably in store, maybe doing something training-wise with the store folks there. I can't remember his name. Jerome? I that sounds familiar. Jerome Vanette is our that Colorado guy, familiar. and he is... Actually, our rep of the year. He uh -huh. is oh, good. phenomenal. Cool. So he's a yeah, great Yeah, it was rep. very brief. I was actually on the range shooting, and he came out, and they were doing something right there, and I was just like, oh, hi. You know, kind of a quick little intro. So that was pr pretty cool to see. All right. So obviously, uh, you're, you're kind of you're, – you're out there. You see uh, everything that SIG touches in a big way, which is, which, which is a lot, uh, and you're putting on some pretty cool events, but you guys are also putting out some amazing products. So mm -hmm. let's talk about – like, what is the, the, the thing that's getting you excited these days as far as products? I think just our forward progression. I think mm. SIG is such a unique company in that we want to make sure that our customer base, mm. whether it's the defense customer, law enforcement, our right. military contract folks, or civilians out there, that they have a company that they can go to with trusted products and that we have a full line. Mm. If, if A doesn't work, then B will. Um, so I think it's exciting to see all the different arenas that we are um, jumping into and capturing. Yes. Um, so that for me, uh, I'm a person that is super goal oriented. So uh, it's always something on my agenda. And once I finish that goal, it's on to the next. So I really feel at home with SIG in that the company is run in the same way that my mind runs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Let, that's certainly got to be the case. I mean, so... Here's what's impressed me tremendously about Six Hour is, you know, we've been able to come to your media event three, four, I think this year is the fourth year, and 
every year is something a little bit different, right? Something new, something fascinating sometimes, like just totally, you know, blowing you out of the water. And definitely what has impressed me is all the different things you're tackling. You guys, every time I see a new contract that you've won, a new press release, in the in my mind, like this is just a funny thing. Like I, I immediately have hashtag winning coming to mind. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, like like what more can you do? Yeah. Right? So I mean you just uh, I mean, whether it's military contracts, uh, you know, new rounds, the 277 Fury, holy smokes, I was looking at the ballistics of that thing, and I was like, that's really impressive. And then I realized the ballistics that were listed were for a 16-inch barrel. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, so uh, I, I hope that catches on because that is a seriously impressive round, which yeah. is, you know, hybrid, you know, the steel base you know a case head and and the, the brass you know uh, uh body and shoulder and everything and really 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 impressive stuff i mean this you guys rolling out the new cross rifle you're pushing into the hunting scene in a big way bringing on some big ambassadors and yeah. influencers uh really cool stuff i mean so hunting optics ammunition both defensive and practice and hunting ammunition uh, suppressors. suppressors, right? Pistols. Everybody knows your pistols, right? So, I mean, you guys Training are the, team in the academy as yeah, well. Um, the full package. I'd like to think that it's unique to SIG, although I can't say that it is because, you know, prior to working for SIG, I worked in law enforcement, so I've never yeah. worked for any other corporation. But I think the reason that we are able to do so much and do it well is because of the employees that we have here. Sure. And I would like to say that the employees and the culture that SIG breeds um, as far as what we keep around, yep. um, well, you we look just at have a hard, really smart, and really yeah. hardworking people. And on top of all of that, we're a small family. Yeah. Um, you, you think you of SIG as... You look at your roster, by the way, and it's like a who's who's uh, of guys in mili- and gals in the military and law enforcement, yeah. too. So, like, you got, it's not you're just hiring, like, this person out of college that happens to have a marketing... I mean, that probably happens, too, but but you, you see what I mean? But, yes, so family... Sorry, I interrupted you, but I just, No, no, that's fine. I we, think uh, that's... Yeah, it... Uh, I mean, so I've been with SIG. This is my eighth year with mm. SIG, and um, we really are a fresh new company. Uh, you think of the name as being a large name, but um, realistically, 2005 is really where we started getting off the ground. So that wasn't that long yeah. ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and we were a, about 80 American people in, yeah, it right. is now 100% uh, here in the United States. Manufacturing is all out of New Hampshire. Um, so, yeah, I think we have, we still have that tight knit group mm-hmm. where everybody's kind of bought into the mission of the mm-hmm. company and, we do what it takes to get it done. So yeah. So sorry, but eighty people. You said in two thousand five. Around eighty people in two thousand five, like and we're just under or the total? company wide. Holy smokes! Uh, we're just it's under two thousand now. now. <laughs> yeah, we're right around two thousand around nineteen hundred, um, and that is throughout all five facilities that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, all of our firearms, for the most part, are manufactured in New Hampshire, and then we have our optics in Oregon. We have um, ammo in Arkansas. Um, and we actually have multiple facilities in New Hampshire, but yeah. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. So, uh, and it's true though, but you, you walk around, you talk to all the folks at the show here and you could tell that there, there is that, that culture yeah. that's present, that, that, you know, sort of family feeling. Everybody knows everybody. It seems to, seems to like everybody. I'm sure there's, every big company has challenges, of course, but, uh, you seem to like everybody and that's, yeah. that's better than some companies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we try and keep the drama at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good. So, <clears throat> some really big wins this year. Uh, you know, we got the 
the big thing, of course, the last two years, everybody's you know familiar with P365. We came out with the P365XL, which I'm a huge raving fan of. Uh, the more I shoot that gun, the more I like it. I loved the 365. Then the XL came along. And I'll be honest, at first I thought the XL was sort of what I wish the 365 was, mm-hmm. except that I sort of wanted the 365 grip length and more like the XL slide, slide. length, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember like a year ago bumping Phil and being like, you know, like, man, that'd be awesome. And then like a month later, the XL was announced. And I'm like, okay, all right. But the grip's kind of long. And then I got it, and I'm like, no, it's not really. I can seal the 365 XL pretty much as well as I can seal the 365. Uh-huh. Uh, may not be the case for, for you, but but I, I've been carrying the XL now exclusively think, for a yeah, while. Yeah, I think we hit um, both ends of the market with that in that yeah. the people that had trouble with the 365 standard and said like, oh, I wish it was just a hair longer because I yeah. have these big bear paws, right? <laughs> um, I think we captured that market with the XL. Yeah. Um, people like me who are a couple inches above being a midget. <laughs> um, it's very hard. I don't yeah. have a lot of space to conceal yeah. anything. So I still stick by my trusty standard 365. That's the easiest thing yeah. for me to be able to wear comfortably and conceal. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's funny. Several years ago when we came out with a 320, I was like, wow, groundbreaking. We ha- like this gun is phenomenal. Like the engine, like we really hit it. And then yeah. I'm like, what else could we do? And then when we, we really hit that niche market with the 365 and fill that gap in the industry with it, it's you, just... You blew um, the market wide open yep. is what you did. And but it's a gun that every woman's been begging for, but also every man's been begging for yep. as well. So it, yep. it really is that universal firearm that yeah. fits everybody's needs. Well, you blew it open because I think everybody had sort of gotten... They just sort of accepted the fact we were just going to compete on you know, mediocrity of, you know, like single stack, six, seven, eight rounds, and we're happy with that, yep. right? But some people aren't. You know, I've always kind of had this standard for me, and, I, you know, I've shared this with my students as well over the years. Like, I like, I, to me, 10 rounds minimum just feels like a good, happy place. Mm-hmm. Like, you get me past 10 rounds, and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, 10, 15, 12, like, whatever. Like, but 10 rounds just seems to be a, 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 a good, at least minimum baseline to be at for a carry gun. Uh, you know, so, so you just, you blew that wide open. Everybody's like, you also think about the three, six, uh, prior to the three, six, five, your micro carry gun category Mm -hmm. to shoot on the range was awful. Oh gosh. I mean, those things bit your hand like a chihuahua. No one wanted to shoot it more than they had to for practice to keep proficient. And three, six, five, like I didn't want to like it because I'm like, I'm not a micro gun person mm-hmm. uh i don't like i i used to carry either a full size 229 or a full size 320 and that's yep. just where i felt comfortable with my training and i made it work i had to adjust <laughs> what i wore to carry that but i didn't want to like 365 and then i brought it to the range and i was like wow this is actually a nice shooting gun and it holds the recoil well for its size i agree and it and it's something that I don't feel like I don't want to train behind, yep. you know? So I, Kind of my personal motto for the 365, and I wrote this in my, my review I did on it, was it's it's the little gun that shoots like a big gun. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it really is, I think, misleading as far as how big it is, you know? And you're they're, they're shooting, and I, I, I ran a build drill getting my hands on, the, like, the first range session I did. And I'm like, I just want to see what I could do with this thing. Can I keep everything in there on that eight-inch circle at seven yards? And I went, bop, 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 bop. And I shot it in like 1.95 seconds. And I went, huh, what? 
Like I barely shoot it and that And then well. you had to go up and count the holes to oh, make yeah. sure that they were actually there. <laughs> yes. So I'm just like, what in the world just happened? Uh, so, so that's where, for me, it began as the little gun that shoots like a much bigger gun than it is. Then the XL came along, and I'm like, wait a minute. This now is like the kind of little gun that shoots, honestly. So I have the X-Compact that I sort of built as a hybrid. I took the X-Compact grip module. Yep. I was so excited to put a carry length frame on yeah. or slide on it. So that's what I did. And, and I carried that for, gosh, a good six months or so. Because uh, that you know, was still not even that old either. And then the XL came along, and I got that. And I started comparing the two, just looking at my actual raw performance data you know like shoot this drill shoot this drill shoot this drill you know with the with the two guns and i'm like my performance is not really different at all between yeah. so it's like well i might as well just get the 15 round mag that i can conceal in the xl same capacity as my x compact and carry the smaller lighter thinner gun that i shoot pretty much equally well so there's witchcraft going on behind the scenes. There really Sig is. Sour. I Magic is what I call it. Magic yep. it is. All right. And then also the uh, the SIG anti-snag anti uh, SAS model came out, right? Yeah. Which I was talking to Sean on Sunday, and I'm like, so tell me, I mean, is that thing, I mean, you guys sell them quite a few of those? Yeah. I feel like the chatter I'm seeing out there is that you're selling a lot of those. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard kind of thing to, especially coming, you know, from years of shooting, it's kind of a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Yeah. Um, I use the analogy with a, a friend. Uh, um, we, we run a class at the academy called Reflexive Shooting, where mm -hmm. uh, you come in. Uh, Dylan Kennison was the lead instructor for it. He, he takes the sights off with the student's gun. And for two days, they have to shoot mm. with no sights. Mm. And they run through various drills, various yard lines. And it really gives you a new appreciation for your body, but also the gun. And then um, it tests your boundaries as far as... Uh, where you feel comfortable yeah. without having a precise sight picture. Right. Um, so that was helpful for, for my mindset. Because I, I come from a law enforcement background where it's controlled, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're, it's ingrained in your head that you own every shot and have this perfect sight picture before right. you do anything. And, uh, and so, you know, for competition shooters, that's a, like for law enforcement to a competition shooter, that's a hard mindset to kind of... Yep. train yourself out of and i felt that kind of same way with the sass like okay so i don't have this sight picture and, and the first time i shot it i found myself going from shooting with two eyes open to reverting back to my early days of shooting and closing an oh. eye to try and figure out where my sight was and then i found myself kind of peeking yeah. um around the gun which you know obviously is not good for accuracy right. um but after a little you know 15 20 minutes of working on the gun itself I was able to get it, get it together mentally, <laughs> and uh, and then figure it out and say, you know what, this is actually very intuitive. Just get out of your mind and stop trying to control what it is that you're doing, and just yeah. do it. Um, and then I got back into that reflexive shooting mindset. Essentially, this gun is made for that again that niche market where it's a concealed carry firearm. You're realistic, probably only accurate to about the ten yard line. Um, and it goes along that point shooting method. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I did that, I was like, this is great. And yep. I'm super accurate and I get it. Yep. Well, I mean, you have to look at the SAS model. Is, and that's what it is. It's, a, it's, it's deep concealment, mm -hmm. ideal for pocket carry. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some, maybe some of those more non-traditional uh, carry methods. And it's probably, you know, going to be in that non-traditional role of that, you know, it's my, 
I see it as for me, if I was to carry an, a SAS, it would be it would be probably be in a pocket as like a backup model. Yeah. I'd probably have a SAS in my left pocket here and my normal, you know, carry gun somewhere else. Uh, and I think it would work very well in that role. Although I wouldn't, you know, I, it, if, if a person is disciplined, I think you can still shoot it very well because yeah. whatever we had the plate racks at at the range day the other day, 15 yards-ish, About 12? 15 is where we started, yeah. I had no problem. I, in fact, I shot the SAS better than I shot some of the other guns. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough. so The market is really a really cool place for concealed carry. So I think you know, right, my background is um, I was a former federal yep. air marshal. And so concealment back in the day with half of the holsters and you know god if we had the yoga pant game going on back then if we had these (laughs) can see these micro guns that actually shoot back then my life would have been so much easier i mean i had an old 229 standard gun with a hell of a trigger and (laughs) standard sights and trying to dress you know the part and conceal it properly without pressing um It'd be funny to world. bump into you back back then. <laughs> That'd be something. I would not. I would not look at Hannah Billado and go. She must be a federal air marshal. Yeah, so I had a good cover. <laughs> I had a good cover without having a cover. That's pretty cool. That's fantastic. So uh, let's let's kind of talk a little bit about the ladies because uh, I think that's relevant. We got mm-hmm. you on the podcast here, and I think you're well versed in this because you are. Uh, uh, you know, you, you are smaller in stature, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like many are, and. Uh, you, but you've had experience of carrying a larger gun, mm-hmm. carrying it in diverse circumstances. So, you know, one thing that I see, and so correct me if I'm wrong, I'm curious about, so, so, so often we hear things thrown out there like, well, you know, just go get yourself a revolver. Go get mm-hmm. yourself a good, you know, five-shot revolver. Like, that's that's perfect gun, you know, mm-hmm. for, for a lady. Like, what do you say to advice like that? I just don't <laughs> like advice in general. I feel like you have to own... Uh, the decision, it's a big decision, just like yep. anything else. Um, yep. I, I always ask the guys, like, well, would you go out and buy your wife a pair of jeans? And they're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. well, then don't go out and buy her a gun either. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not going to be right. And that decision has to be that individual's decision. And it has to be something that they're comfortable with, not necessarily something that you're comfortable with. And I think about, I think they think about the revolver as something that's simple, but it's really not simple. And, and it's certainly not simple to shoot. The control the control aspect of it actually drives a lot of fear in women. The women that I've seen um, in my experience with teaching at the academy where they showed up with that revolver, they actually don't like shooting and then it kind of reverts their training and yeah. their mindset. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a decision that the individual, whether it's a male or female, has to make on their own. I'm going to go on this endeavor, mm-hmm. um, learn how to shoot or carry a gun, um, and then just own that and see it through. Yeah. So one of the things that drives me crazy about this industry, and I can't pinpoint why it's in this industry and really nothing else, um, I'll compare it to physical training. So if my goal was to run a marathon, I can't not run leading up to that marathon. I have to put in the work to be able to do that. I mean, yeah. there's probably some physical specimen out there that can run a marathon and not train, but the yeah. average person can't do that, right? They, so you they have live to, in Kenya. By the that's way. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to put in those hours of training to be able to be successful for your end goal, right? In this industry, for whatever reason, we don't view training as an important component. We think we can just, or people in general, think that they can just go to a gun store, buy a gun, 
and be fine and not have to practice behind it. Or they'll say, I know how to shoot mm -hmm. because they've been to the range once and they don't or think they that they have to the continue that. Farm, you know, yeah. away at soda cans and squirrels, you know, the 22. And yeah. you know how easy it is for a safety violation. You know yeah. how easy it is for things to go wrong. And so if you're not training behind your firearm that you're carrying, you're doing yourself a disservice, you're doing the public a disservice, um, you're doing anyone who's around you a disservice. It's something that's perishable and it's something that you have to continue to do. I'm not saying that you got to shoot every day if you're going to carry a gun, but you've got to visit it yeah. um, because circumstances change, things change. And so, and I think that's an individualistic goal. I don't think that's something that, that Riley can say, Hannah, I I'm, think that you should carry this gun right. because everybody's mind, everybody's body, their thought process, how you run that gun, how you receive the message of training is different. Um, and that has to be worked through with that individual. I also feel like there's kind of this, and again, where it comes from, I don't know exactly, but uh, I appreciate everything you just said about all that, by the way. But uh, with particularly women in selecting firearms, and honestly, this could be applied to anybody that's a little bit smaller in frame, stature, hands, that sort of thing. Because there's guys, too, that obviously fit in that category as well. So it's not just women. So we should make, be clear about that. Anyone that's a little bit smaller, so they have a smaller frame, more difficult to carry and conceal something, hands are a little bit smaller, you know, whatever you know they might find say a, a Glock 19 even uncomfortable mm -hmm. with a little bit you know blockier bigger grip or that sort of thing so so um you know what i see sometimes is you get somebody that's like i'm going to carry concealed you know and that's a big leap for some people because mm -hmm. there's tons and tons of tons there's there's gun owners on this floor right now that aren't concealed carriers right yep. many of them uh and then one day they wake up and they go for whatever reason a personal reason a cultural reason societal reason something going on in the news and they're like hmm, maybe that could happen to me where i'm at and so i i'm, I'm going to carry a gun so they go and they buy a gun and they're thinking concealed carry so i have to conceal it somewhere so i must want something small mm -hmm. right and so automatically i see so many gun owners and honestly i kind of went down this path myself uh gosh, 15 years probably or so ago now, where very similarly, my first handgun was kind of large, uh, mid-sized really, and uh, I remember thinking, eh, that's kind of hard to carry. So then I went to something small, which was not the best decision. And, and then not, you went, oh, that's kind of hard that, to shoot. <laughs> that sucks, you know, and then I went like to the other end of the spectrum and like started carrying a full-size gun. And then I've kind of, you know, okay, that's cool. And I can do it. And I still do from time to time. But, you know, just depending on the kind of the mission. But, uh, uh, you know, but you kind of learn, I think, what works for you. But definitely what I see a lot of newer shooters struggling with is buying a micro gun, like a true mm -hmm. micro gun, mm -hmm. like a little 380. Yep. And, and I don't, you know, I mean, so I, I feel like I see that a little bit more on the female side of things. Yes. Uh, I mean, what do you think about that? And, and how do we educate people to make maybe a, a more educated decision about, uh, you know, because, again, it is a personal decision, so they're sure. obviously making that decision. Yep. But I feel like sort of culture or something somehow has sort of mm -hmm. influenced it in that way, and I don't know how to address that necessarily. Yeah, and I think it's also a, a physical component too. So we stand on these show floors year after year, and you consistently have female or male unfamiliar with shooting, and they come up and they hold the gun, let's say a full-size gun, they're like, ooh, that's heavier. That's a sure. big gun. 
I don't want that because they equate it to something that they can't manage or handle. Sure. They don't understand that the larger the gun, the more space uh, material there is to absorb the recoil. The smaller the gun, the less space, the more it goes into your body, right? So they think conceptually inside their head that they have to have this small gun because that's something they're going to be able to shoot. And then they they buy it. They take it to the range. They're like, they hate it. And they forego training from there on out because it's not fun to shoot. So... um, Essentially, that kind of cycle that we see time in and time out is is where SIG developed this try-before-you-buy program mm. um, that we roll out throughout our retailers nationwide. And that is a perfect place to send your new customer that's in that market. Mm. And you can say, hey, try all of these and tell me which gun felt the best to you. Because the gun that you feel the best behind is the gun that you're going to be most confident behind. And that's the gun you should mm-hmm. be shooting. Not yeah. the, and, and then once you get kind of that established and you have your training kind of and comfortability behind it, then you can, uh, taking those skills and translating them to other products is very easy. So if I had to carry that 380 real tiny micro for whatever reason, I'm wearing a bathing suit <laughs> and I need to conceal, I don't know. Um, I am able to, you know, take those yeah. technical um, teaching points and apply them to that gun and acknowledge that it's probably not going to be great to shoot, but I can still operate it and shoot it. Yeah. Um, or if I want to scale up and I'm at the range and I want to shoot my 320 Legion because it is a dream to shoot, yeah. but I would never be able to conceal it. I can take those skills and I can do that as well. But just understanding different products are made for different things. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I, I really, I think, it's hard to make a decision. Like, again, I'll go back to my jeans analogy. I cannot buy jeans without trying them on mm. because they're not going to fit. Mm. And every brand and every size is different mm. from brand to brand. And so the same thing with a firearm. Um, I would urge against someone purchasing without actually being, trying. at least trying at Shooting, first. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that that's a great you know amount of advice and, and it's something i've also recommended you know i mean it's, it's great if you can find a range especially that has a, a great variety of guns that you mm-hmm. can uh test and try and, you know t- you know rent or whatever and um i forgot about the try before you buy program yeah uh, so so what, what are the details of that so we offer it across uh, the country um with our dealers it's a um a event that is planned through our sales reps yep. that are in the field and they run them multiple times throughout the year. Um, and it's essentially, it's usually a store that has a range attached yep. to it is where they're right. offered. Um, and essentially we roll in with our uh, kid of guns with their kid of guns, or if it's an actual range that has rental guns, we may use their rental guns as got well. It. And it's just essentially that come in, we're going to offer you a set amount of rounds to kind of go through these guns and see which one you like. Yeah. Um, and every time it works flawlessly because it's the customer's choice. It's not me being um, uncomfortable sales salesy pitch to you. It's the proof is in the pudding. Take this gun, see if it meets your needs. If it doesn't, let's find the one yeah. that does. And I imagine with that, you've got your rep or somebody's there also provi- helping provide some guidance and. You know, here's what I see sometimes too is that okay, so a person may pick up a gun, 
And they may not even necessarily know what feels good because, number one, their technique sucks. They don't even know how to sh- hold, They're not holding grip, it properly. That's it. So that's obviously going to yep. add, you know. So that's a really great point. I mean, I think sometimes what probably happens is you, somebody will recommend, hey, you should go to a range, rent a gun. You know, rent several guns, try these, see what you think. But if they're sort of doing that and they're not really guided in that process by someone else who's competent, by an instructor, mm-hmm. it may still not, you know, result in, in, in what we want to achieve. Yeah, yeah so, so it's great to have your sales okay. rep or your trainer there. They can show them how to hold the gun, show them how to operate it, um, talk them through the, you know, um, selling points of the firearm um, and what what each firearm has to offer. Make sure that that... that they're fitting that customer to their yeah. needs. Cool. I dig it. Love it. So, um, all right. What's next for you, Hannah? Like, what's uh, you talk about goals? Goals yeah. uh, for you, obviously, personally, goals for, for Six Sour 2020. We're in the new year. Like, any, you know, anything goes. What, what's what's uh, on the docket for you? Um, so, right now, uh, obviously, we've talked a little bit about my background, um, law enforcement. Then I, trained at the academy for six years and just uh, over the last two years kind of created this training team um, that kind of hopefully providing a full-fledged six-hour experience to our customers and our dealers and retailers. And so uh, creating that team took the better part of two years. We have an amazing team um, that hit in the road, uh, super busy. Um, and, and we're kind of in the phase of where we're a well-oiled machine. Mm. So my mission, my personal mission for this year is to learn more. Mm. I don't come from a sales background. I've never in my life worked in retail. Mm. Um, I spent 15 years in law enforcement. Then I went to the training side at the academy, which was also part of my law enforcement career. Yeah. Um, and the, they brought me on board over here at headquarters to start this training team. So... I think in order for me to be able to be a better mentor and grow my team um, from here on out, I need to understand the business of SIG. And I need to understand the sales components of those guys over there writing the orders. Um, and so that is kind of my mission for 2020 is to, um, to be a smarter uh, leader um, and provide more for my team. That's good. Before we began recording, uh, you were talking about how you got a lot going on. Yeah. And, and it's difficult to balance all that. So so you have what sounds like a, an excellent goal. Uh, you know, how do you how do you balance everything? What are you finding are, are things that are successful? And I think what's helpful for our audience in particular is most people listening, I think, are probably in the same boat as a lot of other folks where it's like they know they need to get training. Mm-hmm. They know they need to get out practice, shoot, maybe even dry fire, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. But maybe they don't because for whatever reason, just like you, just like me, family life, home life, work life, travel, all that, you know. So uh, what do you think is a good suggestion for making sure you can balance it all and still get that time in to train and practice? Balance is tough. Um, I'm sure you can kind of mirror my sentiment when I say, uh, you know, you designate to, you know, you say I'm going to designate to this part of my life and another part of your life suffers. Um, yep. If I'm going to increase my firearms training, my PT training suffers because I got to carve out that time from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's that, it's that constant battle of trying to make sure that, uh, that I'm hitting all the components. I think for me, 
the best way and probably the best advice that I can give to someone is it's very easy for us to let ourselves down because we're the only one that we have to answer to. Um, so if I'm not doing that training and I'm just, I just keep pushing it off, it's easy for me to do that. Um, so for me, if I schedule something and I, and I have to be accountable to it, I won't push it off. Um, I, I'm loyal to other people and I'm loyal to yeah. kind of a process. And so uh, I, another facet is I'm trying to become fluent in Spanish. Oh, so wow. my um, boyfriend, my life partner, uh, mm. is uh, his first language is Spanish. And so mm. it's important for our home life for me to be able to communicate properly with his family. Uh, and so yeah. it was very easy for me to push that off because I was only accountable to myself and I just wasn't picking it up properly. And, and so I, amongst many other things, have to get up earlier. <laughs> and, I, and I hired a tutor and I carve oh, wow. out in my schedule three days a week to get up at the butt crack of dawn <laughs> and uh, try and speak this Spanish. <laughs> um, wow. But it's, it's uh, make yourself accountable to someone else. Um, schedule it and stick to the schedule, um, it's hard. I'm, I'm not going to say it's easy. And you may not be able to do it three times a week. But yep. if you do it once a month, you're doing something more than you're doing right now. Um, so, a- again, balance is something that I consistently have to work at. Yeah. Um, from work life to home life to um, personal goals to work goals. I mean, you name it. it yeah. uh, it's a constant flow. And, and sometimes you have to give more to others. And you have to be flexible with, with that balance as well. Yeah. Really great suggestions. You know, uh, yeah, I think that's that's right. I mean, Max Michelle, we just had on. Obviously, we were interviewing him, and he's a busy dude too. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and his training schedule is off. He's the very charts. regimented. You yeah, know, but, but that was that's a great. That's, that's my it. point is that he explains like I got three days a week that I get to the range, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to make that happen. And mm-hmm. I, you know, like it, you know, with everything else he's got going on, I, you know, if it doesn't happen, it, it won't happen. And he's got to compete at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Sig won't want to keep them anymore. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, put on the schedule. I've I got to where for me, what was helpful for me sometimes just making sure I was taking care of me. Yes. On, uh, in terms of my shooting skill. Yep. Uh, I spent so much time like instructing others, teaching others, worrying about others that I wasn't getting the time that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I learned about this nifty little program local to me at at a, at a range. They they had basically a like a almost like a. Uh, well, there, there's actually another range that does something similar. It's actually a lunchtime sort of training program. You just like go in on your lunch and 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 do this. This other range is doing something similar, but sometimes it was lunchtime, sometimes it was two p.m., sometimes it was seven p.m. You know, they had all these different options trying to fit you know a variety of people's yeah. uh, uh, schedules and needs. And I found myself just going, okay, if I just I can do this time on these days and like just knowing that there was an actual appointment, knowing that there was somebody else there also mm-hmm. expecting me to show up. So now I was a little bit more accountable. And then I started going in once a week and get not, not just grabbing two boxes of ammo and running through a couple of drills or this thing or that thing, but actually being pushed by yeah. somebody. Oh man, like huge help just in a matter of a month i i actually found myself making some some gains that i didn't expect i thought i was kind of taking it a little bit casually at first but it turned into uh something else entirely yeah so. you bring up a really great point there are so many ranges across the country now that are offering like the i, I know specifically there are women meetup programs so oh, yeah, they'll do sure. like women's wednesday and it's literally a two hour and a lot of times um if they have a female expert on staff or someone in the area that's coming in and donating their time They'll have drills set up 
And it's a really good way to get that training time in, meet like-minded people, and also test your skills. Mm -hmm. I know it's not um, just segregated to the women population. I know that many ranges do have league nights or, um, you know, open range nights that are super popular, which I love seeing that because, again, it gives you that little extra component of accountability. You're going to have fun when you're there. But also it's, you know, so you can carve that time out. Um, yeah, I just think it's a it's a yeah. really cool place that we're in as yeah. far as, like, the community is concerned. Absolutely. For sure. Awesome. Great. Well, Hannah, any last words before we part here? No, I'm so thankful that you asked me to come on. Yeah. Um, love seeing you and catching up. So that yeah. was great. Uh, keep in touch. Absolutely. Look us up on zigsour.com. I'll, See if I'll try we're to in watch your a area. Little more spe- yeah, regularly. 100 um, mile radius, they'll give you those, cool. those events. Uh, we are in Colorado often. Jerome is very busy out there, so um, as well as other places throughout the yeah. world. But uh, yeah, keep in touch with us. Absolutely. Will do, of course. And uh, yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely look up Jerome. We'll have to connect. So. Well, that's that's a wrap with this interview with Hannah. We got more great content coming from Sig Sauer here at Shot Show 2020. So stay tuned; awesome. it'll be fun. Thanks, Thank Hannah. You. And welcome back. That was a great interview. I always enjoy talking with Hannah. We'll probably have to have her on again at some point down the road. She's also been on the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, I think, a couple of times. And if it's been a while since you listened to that show in our podcast network you might consider giving it a listen anyway uh amy and emily over there at the not your average gun girls podcast a couple of great gals and they really do a great job with that show and well anyway consider giving them a listen and again uh, check out concealcarry.com for the latest in industry news and just one more time we got to give a big shout out and special thank you to six hour for well being our honorary sponsor today and allowing us to come crash their booth and with that i'm gonna Get on off the air here. So you guys take care wherever you are. And don't forget, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe. So you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. <laughs>